This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. I'm here with the panel to discuss all sorts of exciting news that has been bombarding us us on television screens and on headlines. It's been a hectic news week. There have been so many news breaks and twists and turns. But before I read the menu of what all we will be discussing and with who, can I please urge you to pay to keep news free? Subscribe to News Laundry. You can do that by going to newslaundry.com on the top right-hand corner, pressing subscription and paying to keep news free because we don't take advertisements because uh, we believe when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served without your support. News cannot serve you. So please subscribe to News Laundry. Also check out other podcasts on News Laundry and whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on from do rank us so more people can discover us give us a five star rating if you think we're really good or you can give us a four star if you think we're not that good leave a comment leave a review because that helps other people find us on that note with me on the panel today is our managing editor raman kripal hi sir hi then we have joining us praveen donthi hi let pronounce it correctly praveen yeah Praveen Donthi is a staff writer at the Caravan if you remember he was with us i think i actually thought it was last year but um karthik just told me that he was here 3 months ago how time flies he's been at the caravan he has been there for the last 7 years and he's done notable cover stories and lots of other very excellent reportage there his uh, doval profile in september 2017 as was much talked about before caravan he has been with the hindustan times the helka deccan herald he's been a journalist for over a decade around 13 years and his cover story the image makers how ani reports the government's version of truth was something we wish we had done but he did it so welcome praveen you have uh, reported on kashmir in the recent past so we shall discuss some of that joining us from guwahati is make peace sitlau did i pronounce that correctly sitlau sitlau well yeah sitlau so make peace is an independent journalist uh, she covers stories from that region now i don't know whether northeast is considered an okay term of clubbing all seven sisters together or you think it's it kind of just chucks it into the margins what what would you prefer i think northeastern region is fine because fine. you're talking about eight states actually including sikkim so right. cuz some it's hard people to well you know cuz some people breath goes to the states so northeastern region is fine but have you noticed some people take exception to that have you met any such people I mean all the time yes but uh, certain common threads do run through the region hmm. so I don't think it's always inaccurate to say the northeast Okay thank you uh, make peace for joining us you have also done some work for us in fact going forward I shall discuss with you we'd like you to do a lot more work with us also joining us will be Gaurav Sarkar a little later because he's been covering this Chidambaram case in court and he's been disc- covering the priya ramani case also we have like someone who's been covering kashmir someone who's covered nrc and someone who's covered the chidambaram case all three are big news makers this week there were lots of other headlines this week as well i'll just give you an idea of what all happened other than the chidambaram case the inx case kashmir and ncr there was a journalist who was booked for recording a video on the salt and roti that was being fed at a school in uttar pradesh he recorded that and reported it like a journalist is supposed to and what do you think happened was there an inquiry against the people who were responsible for that midday meal where there's supposed to be nourishing food and protein and carbohydrates no an fir was filed against the reporter and when you had the up district magistrate 
who was asked that why have you filed an FIR? He says he's a print reporter. Why is he recording video? Digital India, Mitro, Digital India, where the district manager doesn't even know that even print platforms can run video if they want. And how does it even matter whether he's doing print or video? That is the quality of governance in Uttar Pradesh, which always remains in news for all the wrong reasons. Also, that Swami Ji or whatever that former minister of the BJP who's wanted in the case of that girl in Shahjapur who accused him of inappropriate behavior is still not been arrested. He's still in some monvrat or something or the other. And you can read our story that how this organization that was actually headed by him, it's his organization, tried to discredit the student who was a victim of Swami. What was that Swami's name? Who's in jail? Asaram Bapu. Then Manmohan Singh finally spoke out with little effect on the economic slowdown. He has a great resume and great credibility, but I don't think what he said made any difference to anyone. Job losses continue. Uh, although Nirmala Sitaraman says there will be no job losses when she's merged banks. I think some 26 banks have merged into 12. I don't know what that's going to do, but well, they're doing something. Shiv Sena says that the center should listen to Manmohan Singh. I have a feeling they're only saying it because negotiations are on for the upcoming Maharashtra election seat sharing. So they'll both play truant and then they'll kiss and make up and everything will be fine. Subramanyam Swami, the man who keeps now and then sniping at his own people, uh, said get ready to say goodbye to rupees 5 trillion economy. Also a video of his went viral which is not edited or doctored of several years ago where he's saying that the BJP agenda is all about being anti-Muslim. And the funny thing about him is all his old videos his hair are white and all his new videos his hair is black. So yeah, he's like Benjamin Button. And finally, DK Shivkumar arrested the Karnataka Congress leader in a money laundering case by the Enforcement Directorate. He's sent to custody till September the 13th. He has collected quite a gathering of people outside when he was arrested with one person tearing off his clothes and threatening to burn himself. But no major support from the centre. And the Congress continues its harakiri by infighting in Madhya Pradesh with Sindhya saying something in support of a minister who was saying something against Chief Minister Kamal Nath. Meanwhile, Digvijay Singh is accused of running his own little side fiefdom. So, I think the best thing that can happen is for the Congress just to finish itself once and for all so that all democracy pasant people can just take on one kind of entity and then something else can grow around that that truly believes in democracy because clearly Congress is not the party that can do anything. And UK PM Boris Johnson has had a terrible week. His first two votes in Parliament he lost. He was lambasted by a Sikh uh, uh, Labour Party uh, MP who asked him to apologize. And uh, yeah, he was humiliated. And his own brother said, look, I got to quit politics. or I got to quit my membership of the parliament because either I have to serve the country or I have to serve my family. And I can't do both. So, so much of Boris Johnson. And yeah, I'm glad he's such a buffoon. He should not be PM in the first place. Um, we will start discussions with what happened in your part of the country, Make Peace. It was much in the news. The National Citizens Register... So the context for our listeners, um, this entire registry was so that this, uh, I mean, there has been this narrative that there's a whole lot of illegal immigration that is warping the the demographic of Assam and they should be identified and whoever are not legal citizens of India should be removed, although I don't know where they will be removed. This has kept this entire exercise in the headlines for a long time. Now the Supreme Court stepped in and had said it should be done by the 31st of August. Um, so make peace, you are there. Give us some context and also this was supposed to be some sort of a political masterstroke for the, for the BJP. 
because I remember Manoj Tiwari said it should be done in Delhi, it should be done everywhere. It hasn't quite played out like they would have liked. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Actually, the common misnomer about the NRC is that it's a BJP, you know, sort of concocted exercise. But at least the whole uh, foreigner issue or this whole threat of foreigners and the demographic demographic threat that they pose to the locals and the indigenous here has been a long burning issue. Uh, you know, this this sort of really reached a peak uh, back in 1979 when the Foreigner, the anti-foreigner agitation happened in Assam, which finally then culminated into the Assam Accord in 1985. So we're looking at an issue which has been, which is like decades long. Uh, and while, of course, uh, even at that time, we've seen that, you know, the RSS had uh, in, in its own ways tried to co-opt some part of the movement, uh, the BGP entering the scene is something that's far more recent. And uh, there, there have been these attempts from the, on their side to kind of, you know, communalize the issue, especially with the introduction of the Citizenship Amendment Bill uh, in 2016, uh, as well as the attempt, uh, you know, earlier this year, just before elections to, you know, try and uh, uh, legislatively pass it in both houses. So there has been a, that attempt, but actually the issue in a sense is predates, uh, you know, the rise of the BJP in the region. I see. So... So just to get an idea of, um, we've had someone here actually who's originally Bengali and now settled in Shillong, reporter, and he said a lot of the uh, the, the animus or the what's the word I'm the, the resentment against the foreigner in Assam was not necessarily Bangladeshi immigrants. There were also Bengalis from West Bengal. Uh, he said my own family was from West Bengal and there was hostility towards us. Uh, so it's not necessarily a foreigner issue. And also, if my understanding is correct, the Hindus have, who have been excluded from the final list of about 2 million, 20 lakh or 19 lakh people, Indian government will consider, making, like, yeah. Indian government will consider making them citizens or having some arrangement for them. But if you're a non-Hindu, you will not be extended the same courtesy. Am I right? Well, non-Muslim, uh, you know, immigrants, so to speak, yes. So, non-Muslim immigrants will get a chance to get citizenship or some sort of amnesty here, but Muslims won't. Uh, yes, uh, who they're calling Muslim immigrants. Again, we're not talking about all Muslims because there are also indigenous. There are several communities of indigenous Muslims in Assam. So, I mean, if they're out, uh, they would be looked at in a different way. They would be, the exception to them would be entirely different. But the the ones, the communities who've been, who've, you know, who migrated from uh, the erstwhile East Bengal, uh, as well as the erstwhile, uh, erstwhile East Pakistan, hmm. uh, would, and I mean those who are Muslims would be, uh, you know, sort of uh, would not be given this kind of an amnesty. What I meant to essentially say is that they're making a they're making a differentiation based on religion as far as the, uh, the citizenship amendment bill goes. So yes, there are also groups, there are also indigenous, uh, what they call Deshi Gorya Moria Muslims who are out of some of them were out of the list, but then they will go uh, like everyone else will go through this. Will approach the foreigners tribunal and make a case for themselves but just if you're looking at the what the kind of you know uh, let's say the measures that will be taken by the present bjp government it would only cover it would only cover the on the non-muslims and not the not the muslims in that i see and before i move on to the rest of the panel to get the views on this subject one more question an fir was lodged against the coordinator prateek hajela because he was deliberately excluding genuine indian citizens and in your case, personally, because you must have gone through the process, you're based in Guwahati, right? Did you have to go through the process? Or, so how, how um, 
I did not personally go through the process because I have just recently I shifted to Guwahati like last year so no I did not go through the process But you must be having friends or family or extended family close by went through it how easy is it um I mean how comfortable is it and also this guy why was he excluding people was he expecting money or just personal anonymity what what's the deal and how many such people do you think there are in the organiz- you know within the uh, administration Oh well the thing is I will I, I personally or none of my family members who are living here went through the process but it is extremely it's a very tumultuous process it's a very confusing process uh, that's been going on for the last 3 years one has to also understand and appreciate that there have been several like sort of amendments that have been introduced you know since it's been a supreme court monitored exercise and time and again petitions have been raised by different uh, civil society stakeholders here just as an example uh, you know at one point of time uh, for women especially this has been a very difficult process uh, you know a lot of whom are have, have been married before the marriageable age so to speak and have also moved you know homes and uh, changed addresses and uh, for whom in, even in the voter list it, their, their husbands names are mentioned and not their father so while proving their linkage to their father and that's how everyone's proving their linkage paternally at least like 10% of them that's been a difficulty they face so something called a gaubura certificate was initially allowed so uh, you have these village headmen in all of these villages over here who certify that you know so and so is a daughter of so and so person but then there was an issue raised in supreme court about the validity of these gaubura certificates then again they had to sort of you know re- go back to the sort of you know go back to the issuing uh, officers and instead uh, ask for a gau panchayat certificate yeah, which, so there were sort of amendments several amendments in this process and, and many and, journalists uh, many journalists very sympathetic to the bjp have actually written that this process was actually mishandled by the supreme court would what what where would you weigh in is that is would you blame the supreme court for the mismanagement or not it's it's a little it's a little difficult to squarely put the blame on the supreme court over here because there have been uh, i mean with different stakeholders it's also been a process of understanding how do you best decide you know what's a what's a really you know valid way of deciding who is an indigenous or who has sort of establishedly come from you know uh, or has been in has been here uh, before 1971 before 24th march 1971 so it's sort of been like an evolving process it's a little bit hard to say and the government I mean, supreme court also has essentially you know use the different laws the foreigners act the different citizenship rules the citizenship act as their sort of you know guiding light so we really i think it's also important to kind of go back to you know what these rules say and uh, how they have governed the whole process okay and finally if i may ask your ethnicity is assamese i'm no what's your ethnicity i come from i'm a tribal from manipur oh so you don't have to go through the process only uh, people from domicile assam have to go through the process well people who have been living here and who have like you know especially who have who own land in this uh, in the state have had to go through the process and you moved yes. to guwahati which when? includes other i mean non assamese people as well so so when did you move to guwahati i moved to guwahati last year okay so you're... okay so um what do you think of this whole process um praveen and and do you think it will pay political dividends as i guess some were hoping i make this Hi. Uh we used to play badminton together. Oh really? You know sometime yeah. Where did you go ago. to Assam before or she moved, to Delhi? Before she moved to Guwahati she was here for some time. <laughs> oh I see okay. Yeah. So who used to win? <laughs> 
No, she's a fighter. <laughs> it's it's beyond okay. winning so, and so maybe she should, so maybe she used to hit you yeah. and you won the game. <laughs> it's about it's beyond winning and losing, you know. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so, so what do you so, think? Yeah, so NRC, you know, I just wanted to. I mean, she's reported extensively. I've done like one story uh, in depth early on. and i've been following it and uh, you know for the longest time all these guys the, the bjp supporters and all the how do i say ethno nationalists of assam all of them have been supporting nrc they said the honorable supreme court is uh, you know overseeing this process nothing can be wrong it's like you know technically it's like solid wipro is backing it like hajela is the best guy on earth but they wanted a number which was 50 lakh somehow they are obsessed with this number if you go through the archives from the time when assam agitation started in the late 80s till now they they want this number to be true somehow some you know somehow you know if hajela had like met that number like reached that number they would have given him i don't know padmashri no bharat ratna they would have said bharat ratna and all that but now things didn't go through you know mm-hmm. as, as they planned so now they are finding faults with the supreme court the honorable supreme court <laughs> headed by ethnic assamis uh, you know oh yeah shit cji ranjan gogoi that, that missed me completely who's taken the like he's taken a proactive uh, interest hmm. in this and hmm. i think he's going to retire in october and he wants this to be his legacy hmm i mean at least that's what it seems like for observers hmm Uh, so for them to be finding fault with him is i think uh, blasphemous yeah. from their own standpoint like you know month mm. ago that's one point two hajela bichara i don't know <laughs> what all he had to go through uh, you know the process itself i mean i think he's just a bureaucrat in that sense he has certain powers he's been giving information to the cgi in sealed covers you know yeah. cgi had started this whole sealed yeah, cover sealed thing cover before rafael in the nrc sir i mean you would mm. have uh, noticed that uh gautam bhatia has written great stuff on seal mm. cover uh, you know jurisprudence and all that but anyway i mean um, chief justice has played his role but these people seem to be not happy with him right now uh but if you look at the nrc process itself i mean make peace will step in if i uh, you know make any errors you know there are exemptions you know it's not a it's not an equal process it's 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 a it's a what is it some people are more equal you know kind of such as such as uh, there is a category called original inhabitants mm-hmm. right who 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 don't have to go through the same rigorous uh, you know process they they wouldn't have to produce a lot of certificates that the others have to produce hmm. and original inhabitants by definition i mean by their definition obviously wouldn't be muslim number one hmm. wouldn't be bengali speaking you know so basically we're talking about like complete you know bias within the system that's built into it right and that's only one thing i'm talking about hmm. and a lot of people are talking about like hajela like you know you, you were saying it in zest but like a lot of people think a lot of officials are corrupt hence people paid them and then got into the system mm. you know the the process this process is arduous it's like too rigorous like the passport yeah but the thing you is no not even passport this is i'll tell you uh, this is they talk about something called legacy data mm. you know if you have to prove if you have to get into nrc you have to trace your lineage to uh, some, your father or your grandfather who can establish that he was in assam before 1971 it's called legacy data then it's it doesn't end there once you provided legacy data if you're tracing your name to your grandfather mm. so grandfather will have like a son daughter like whatever many daughters many sons all their kids they will all be tracing it to him mm-hmm. so it's called family tree 
Now, all of them will be called for, a oral, uh, for uh, an oral verification uh, by, I don't know, somewhere in the district. or the, mm. And all of them will be made to talk to each other and then, uh, you know, recognize each other and agree that they're all part of the same family. Now, all these people who are saying that, you know... So, uh, Manmohan, this I can sit there and make 10 Amar Bhai exactly, yeah. right I mean, there on the spot. I can't tell you, so much fiction can come out of this absurdity <laughs> that's playing out there. Uh, no, but... Uh, but, you know, what? But people, God, for okay. people to say that this kind of process will be I have problems with the process but not that they are corrupt Hmm. You're there, saying the process are, the iniquities are built into the process. There are inefficiencies, there are failures within the process, yeah. but corruption is not but one of them. corruption, I mean, everybody, there is corruption everywhere in India, but to say that a lot of people were managed, able to manage this kind of like hmm. elaborate uh, matrix of rules and regulations is... Yeah, you know, uh, at least my understanding of the passport is, um, uh, speaking of family, I was just saying, you know, the Nadi guys who do the Nadi who tell you yeah. what, not just who your great-grandfather was, but they can also tell you what you were in the last birth be- judging by the proclivities of our culture minister and our HRD minister, they should have just got the entire Nadi. Lajpat Nagar mein kuch hai. Wo, I think some are sitting somewhere in Mysore or Trivandrum. So, par le ja ke do. But anyway, I, I think it's not that like even a passport, you cannot pay money and get a passport made if you don't have the credentials. But unless you pay money, they will not give it to you. They'll keep it in the cupboard. That's what I'm saying. So that kind of ex- extortion is possible. Uh, so, so they can't get you in, but they can keep you out. That is how it used to be in the passport. So that is, you know, the corruption. Hanuman, so what is your view of this? How efficient or inefficient is it? And if I can just throw one more question into the mix for you to answer, and which is this, that the neighboring state now are looking out for people, saying ki yahan par na jai. And Manoj Tiwari was making a lot of noise ki Delhi mein bhi hona Now he's a little quiet. Do you think after this it will be extended to other states? See, this is something which came came from the Supreme Court hmm. and uh, BJP lapped it up. Hmm. Basically, their ideological moorings, they found a very, uh, you know, legitimized Convenient. case to, to, you know, spread it all over the country. Hmm. So, I... Uh, I think I joined this profession sometime in 1988. Hmm. Uh, and 88, 89, 91, it, this Bangladeshi was a rampant problem here in Delhi also. Okay, the Bangladeshi's infiltration, the, hmm. uh, yeah, so during Congress government. So uh, at that time, what they were doing, the police, the Delhi police, she had drawn the entire list. They were catching them up, but there were not many. They were, say, around. Uh, 40,000, 50,000 and uh, the areas were identified Yomna Pushta. Hmm. This was one area in South Delhi. I still remember. In fact, I have still got the list. Yamuna Pushta was a huge slum ha, back then. Ha. So, so, so they were just catching them, dropping them at the border and those people were paying some bribe and they were coming back. So, so this is uh, what was happening. So, I think this is the foreigner's issue is a very old issue. Hmm. And this is something which is, uh, which will really suit uh, BJP. But now, uh, after, politically, the, after it hasn't uh, gone their way. In Assam, there are some problems. They are not saying that the entire list is wrong. What they are saying that there are 15 or 20 percent of the names, uh, you know, which have been left out or, or which have been included by mistake. So they want to make corrections. They are not saying that do away with this yeah, process. Yeah, but this number doesn't swing an election for them. 
नो 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 द थिंग इज वो तो करोड़ों में बात करते हैं एक जमाने में नो 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 इट्स नॉट अ इट्स नॉट अ क्वेश्चन ऑफ इट्स नॉट अ क्वेश्चन ऑफ नंबर्स इट्स अ क्वेश्चन ऑफ एक्सरसाइज व्हिच इज गोइंग टू ब्रिंग अ डिवाइड इन द सोसाइटी इट इज इट इज द मैसेज दैट दे वांट टू गिव टू रेस्ट ऑफ द वोटर्स द हिंदूज एंड द मुस्लिम्स दैट इज व्हाई द सिटीजनशिप एक्ट which has been uh, you know modified Just they have come up with yeah a year ago ah, so so, so the idea is not the it's not so you're saying it's not about the sheer numbers no, it's the messaging no. that goes another up. thing that i have noticed that uh, uh, which is not uh, i mean which the bjp will take up and we have done a story uh, of a family hindu family who sold off everything in uh, assam and they have moved to delhi Hmm. It's a business family, so because they wanted to avoid this process, hmm. so they didn't have they didn't have certain they didn't have this uh, legacy, uh, you know, yeah, data. Process. So hmm. so they they did not want to go through this process. So many of them have moved out also. So make peace. I mean, do you think that there is this whole issue of the messaging is supposed to go a certain way? Um, is that the feeling there in Assam? And also, I want to ask you one question. how is this whole immigration thing seen in the northeastern part of india is assam the only one that uh, feels that there are people outsiders who are changing the demographic or does it extend to any other states as well uh okay answering your first question about the messaging i think the way i see it, uh, the problem the, the reason why uh, so many political groups as well as you know civil society stakeholders have an issue with the current nrcs because of the people who have actually made it the numbers of the people who have made it uh, predominantly we're talking about uh, you know muslim people who are seen as muslim immigrants uh, you know who dominate the border districts uh, you know of assam so we're talking about south salmara dhubri uh, karimganj hailakandi so it's this it's 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 the inclusion of these people that's be, that's being seen as extremely problematic hence the list being corrupt or the list being influenced or like sort of you know extraneous folks making it to the list so that's really the messaging that until and unless you have these people who are you know dominating who are in these border districts uh, over which a lot of politics has happened at the assembly elections over so many years uh it's not a foolproof list until these people significantly are out hmm. uh the other thing about the immigrants uh it's not only limited to assam it's also it's been a sort of a you know again a, a local politics political issue that's you know always riled up uh, whenever like elections come around so that's been a you know that's the problem the two states that are often cited and now of course even assam is uh, tripura and sikkim for the longest time so tripura is seen as you know where all the hindu bengalis have completely like sort of made the tribals the indigenous tribals of the state reduce them to minority status and you know kind of overtaken the administration the culture um, the dominant sort of scenario over there uh, similarly in uh, sikkim again you've had uh, the the nepalis who have sort of you know again become the mainstream leaving out some of the leaving out the indigenous uh, you know people to uh, reducing them again to a minority so this has be, be, been a burning issue around the region and uh, several other states let's say like a manipur or a mizoram or a meghalaya have often used although that's that that kind of thread that kind of demographic thread is not really uh, percolated over there we have not seen like you know let's so to speak the indigenous locals being uh, you know removed or being usurped uh, yeah. that still a thread that they have often used to kind of you know uh, 
polarize polarize the public polarize the voters and uh, you know sort of win elections i see so um let me give you the last word on this issue and make peace if you could just stay with us for 10 or 15 minutes more i just want to get your views on a couple of other things um, sure, sure. then then you can go but unless you want to run then i will not hold you back forcibly it would been lovely to get your views since uh, you are here yeah uh, before we move on no, to i was just uh, talking about like you know they want a reverification right mm-hmm. uh, you know and what make peace was talking about these are all border districts right you know uh, dubri you know basically muslim dominated border districts they don't mm-hmm. ever talk about barak valley isn't it right make peace they don't no, no, really no, no, no. because barak valley is dominated by bengali hindus hindus mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people say this is so not like a Hindu Raman Muslim. So, I'm saying it's a messaging thing, basically. So, uh, th- a lot of people also, you know, in the, in the northeast, in Assam, they'll say this is not a Hindu Muslim issue. But as an outsider, you mm. know, I might be preoccupied with that thing, but I also see it there. Right. You know, there there is a gradation of victims. You know, wherein Bengali speaking Muslim is at the top, but Bengali speaking Hindu is also sort of is there is uh, is victimized. So, these uh, the mainstream Assamese imagination of Dubri, Hailakandi, mm. all these places is that it is like run rampant by uh, Bangladesh. Muslims. Why? Because Bangladesh is like across the river, right? You know. But what I have seen in traveling in Dubri, you know, in the river islands, etc., they cannot imagine a life without a document. You know, if they have to, I travel from Dubri to South Salmara, like one of the river islands inside. There is a full-fledged life, right? They have there huge ones. Sometimes they disappear, but the big ones stay on the river islands. Hmm. But when you travel, when you take a steamer or a, like a boat and travel in, inside, you have to stop at a CRPF or a BSF, uh, you know, NACA at one place, show hmm. your I card, and then get in. Hmm. You know, one of the reasons I'm thinking, as as you know, as much as I know, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of people made it from these border districts is because for them they understand the the importance of you know document in everyday life they cannot move without a document i've seen a lot of assami these bengali speaking muslims who are in assam even when they have to go to um, shillong a place like shillong they carry like a document saying this guy is a resident of this place you know he's just going there you know so document for them is an everyday thing and a lot of people who lived Uh, you know inside and a lot of these probably hindus and indigenous people the so called they would have never thought that they'll need these documents i mean that that's one uh, huge problem at the you know uh, this nrc problem uh, situation is throwing up you know how do we deal with this uh, right that's one and uh, so rss has been sort of like taking over uh, you know this this problem they've been trying to organize seminars you know if you see what they're going to do they will organize a seminar in constitution club in uh, in delhi. Uh, in delhi and you know we knew that they're going to ask for reverification because when ngo rss affiliated ngo had organized a seminar saying there should be reverification so now they echo that and then echoing you know so this is what is happening so they obviously they things didn't go as per you know their mm. plans they are now going to you know hide behind this uh, citizenship amendment bill bring in hindus and at least get whatever they can i think that's what is happening all right we'll just move on to chidambaram but before that I have a couple of announcements um do rate a podcast a podcast is available on all platforms stitcher castbox um spotify itunes Uh, in case you have problems accessing our podcast from our app, which you will, so please don't try to access from our app. Either go to newslaundry.com or go to Castbox for our latest. Because on all the other podcast platforms, either you're going to get the edited version, the chota hafta, or you will only get the podcast that is three weeks old. For the latest complete podcast, you have to come in through our website because 
that is for subscribers only and if that is a problem for you, you can go directly on to castbox and when you go to castbox you go to um, you download it's an app it's a podcast app in the search bar look up nl hafta once you're in nl hafta you can click on the lock icon there's an icon of a lock and the latest hafta track will lead you to the payment page and only subscribers get access to the latest hafta non subscribers get access to the complete hafta that is 3 week old or to the chota hafta which is an edited version of the hafta so for the latest hafta you either have to come on to newslawney.com or go to castbox now so we are doing a bunch of events smaller events you know in delhi ncr in singapore and in new york so we have made whatsapp groups for our delhi subscribers for the singapore subscribers and for new york subscribers the singapore event is going to be in november so do get on to that group uh, so that we can inform you when the subscribers meet will happen what it will be because for all these events the subscribers get free entry so do come so if you're a subscriber and are not part of the us subscribers group the singapore subscribers group or the ncr subscribers group do send your number to contact@newslaundry.com i repeat send your numbers at contact@newslaundry.com so we can keep you abreast of any events that are happening in your area okay now let's move on to kashmir uh, lots of headlines came out of kashmir i will just give you a few of them the kashmir press club denounced the curbs on the journalists and journalism there they demanded a lifting of the communication blockade to not much effect in fact today the complete lockdown is again in place because one shopkeeper was killed by terrorists because he dared to open his shop then uh, shah faisal says the delhi high court had territorial jurisdiction to hear his habeas corpus plea uh, and sitaram yachuri has said that habeas corpus means bringing the body but the supreme court in this case said you go to the body and check if he's okay which was rather strange and i do think that uh, i think there was a piece in the tra- in the express that says that the court has completely abdicated its role and i think that's that's fairly true this time mobile phone services will be restored in 15 or 20 days says amit shah um, i don't quite think that's going to happen and the most interesting part was there was an opinion piece in the indian express saying that the 370 the the president's rule in kashmir is on shaky ground because the constitution demands that after 6 months it has to be extended by another you know uh, uh, vote of parliament and this piece claimed it didn't happen and to that there was actually a ministry of home affairs tweeted the spokesperson and i quote The information given in this article is absolutely incorrect. The concerned newspaper has been directed to take action against all concerned for this blatant misinformation. Unquote. Now I was shocked that I, Mr. Shah's ministry is not even little coy about throwing the weight around. This piece was written by Gopal Sankaranarayanan. Maybe we should speak with him at some point and check what action has been taken against him. So Kashmir, how mishandled is it right now? How long did you spend there? What do you see and what do you expect? You know, Ayush was here. Ayush was also there. Yes, so I know he, he was, and uh, we were very worried about him. Yeah, no, no, he he was he was pr- pretty good. I mean, I saw him move around. I mean, I had friends, so I would ask them to take me to somewhere, like in a car, and I would see him on a road somewhere, and I would shout out, like, say, Ayush, you know, and then he would be lost. <laughs> and he would look here, there, and then you know, many times it happened. Anyway, uh, I I think it's it's uh, it's pretty bad. The thing is. Um, all the differences between the mainstream politicians and the separatists and within separatists there were many strands uh, all of them have come together now you know and there is a lot of acceptance for militancy right now i mean probably the most even in the 90s they didn't have so much 
uh, acceptance among the public but right now i mean if only they had weapons there would be like a uh like a full like blown a min- yeah back full to the, blown back, back to the 90s yeah yeah but it doesn't mean uh, this you know this it's a very long order approach that the indian state is taking but there are no incidents so everything is fine but things like militancy you know they take time right i mean we know there are lots of factors there is pakistan and then there is like you know public itself you know going through uh, their own uh, sort of um, what to do kind of movement no i mean this is not something where you give like a knee jerk reaction you don't go to the street and throw and then uh, you know um, imagine that you know this problem is going to go away mm-hmm. uh, I've heard about reports where militants have come to certain villages in Kulgam in South Kashmir saying you know hold on you know don't just go because there is time this is a long battle you know you have to sort of wait and watch and uh, see also at the international level you know a lot of Kashmiris are ho- very hopeful that things you know will happen at the international Actually, level I think because of the communication in the digital age like Bernie Sanders said in his speech and you see um you know the, i think in the eu parliament they are saying it will be brought up at some point they, i mean earlier you didn't see it being raised like that internationally i think that is happening but to be fair on the ground when you were there did you see are there people in kashmir who are okay with this they take this as a fait accompli jo bhi kehte hain they say now let's get on with life is there that lot or are they adamant ki no we're not moving on We we want this dealt. There are there are two kinds of you know if you go by the political inclination right there are separatists and the mainstream. So separatists are saying you know we've never considered Indian constitution Atom. as something they that they always wanted. So out. they said like we don't but they are happy that the mainstream uh, leaders have been sort of uh, shown their place discredited whatever because they are the only stumbling block between. the separatists and what they wanted to achieve right so somehow you know all said and done these guys will get that 5% 6% votes they become mlas M- mps you know then they become chief ministers they have their presence at the end of the day they were holding uh, people back you know hmm. certain ideologies but now that they've been like pushed away by indian state so they are saying we are happy but uh, the mainstream politicians they've never sort of they don't have a history of uh, agitating against indian state right they've always uh, you know benefited from whatever right. indian state was doling out to them i mean power you know privileges everything hmm. so all of them you know a lot of them have been put in this uh, centaur hotel uh, you know on dal lake there is a convention center international okay. convention center where all the conferences happen that's been turned into a sub jail where at least like 2 to 300 uh, mainstream politicians are uh, put in apparently they are very happy to be there because they don't know what to do after coming out because they they don't have a history of uh, you know agitating that's always been the domain of uh, the separatists right so you the, know the, the separatists the, are all inside now a lot so of them so abdullah and all are not used to getting on the ground and said anna tum aage badho hum tumhare sath abdullah <laughs> basically you know he's a twitter warrior so yeah. he'll say things yeah, on that's twitter that's right that i, I was listening to mehba muthi's daughter's uh, interviews to the tv uh, you know channel yesterday i saw the only the ndtv one she was brilliant If only these guys were ha- half as sincere or half as good, you know, things would have been very, you know, different for them. Yeah, in fact, I said that a few hours ago that they don't have the kind of presence. Yeah. Uh, make peace. If I may just come to you, and after this, you know, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining us for so long. In the northeast, also, oh, in the last fifty years, in fact, during Nehru's time, they didn't even want to be part of India. Then you know there have been things like the Naga Accord that has given them special privileges, or at least been promised. Although it's not public, Mr. Modi has done some accord, but we don't know what it is. Um, 
but no no movement you know no matter and i know there is i mean i've i've traveled extensively in all the northeast by road i've i've been to all seven sisters we from kolkata 27 days even by road arunachal nagaland manipur mizoram meghalaya did the whole thing there obviously are certain parts where there is a resentment towards the rest of india that it's been ignored or for whatever reason but although it's there's not the hostility that some parts of you know kashmir have what is the difference in the movements that were kind of separatist in the northeast but never became such big issues why do you think kashmir is different and those northeast movements are different and secondly if article 371 which gives some special privileges to the northeastern states were to be removed that i can come and buy property there i can set up industry there i don't need an inner line permit to come there how do you think the people there would receive it do they feel threatened that after article 370 371 is next yeah i mean definitely there is this nervousness about uh, you know what has happened with kashmir can very well sort of happen with uh, you know with the northeastern states i mean there is also this kind of a you know <laughs> an understanding of thought that you know if they can do this with kashmiris who are like you know for whom the self determination movement has got been for so long and they've been sort of more uh, resolute and they've, they've been so resilient with about it you know um, i can even say to some extent far more than that say people in the northeast for whom integration over the years has become a bit more of a you know sort of a priority or the way forward then there is this, there is this understanding that if this can happen with kashmiris then what are we we are mm. like you know we're part of the sound the land being uh, sort of played with of it being so sort of, you know determined by the center so certainly i think there is certain nervousness about among the people and as well as the leaders in these states um as far as like uh, you know the secessionist movements we're talking about they varied of course uh, you know to begin with uh, if you're comparing let's say uh, the easy comparison would be with the with the nagas and uh, let's say nagaland uh, people of manipur right hmm. uh, with both these movements i mean it's it's similar uh, with kashmir to the point that you know uh, sort of uh, they were all they all became part of the indian union really by coercion it didn't really happen with the consensus of the public and of of the indigenous uh, people of the state so this this is that common thread or this is a common solidarity that they feel with kashmir but i think over time with uh, these two at least with particularly with nagaland because of course uh, you know talks have gone on for all this while uh, you know and there's been a ceasefire agreement and the framework agreement clearly is, uh, seems like a very sort of a you know positive development in terms of you know the indian state recognizing the unique status of the naga that's as well as possibly giving them some sort of a unique status although that is well really uncertain at, at this point and one can't say what that would eventually turn right. out to be but like let's say especially with the uh, the people manipur or the the secession the secessionist movement in manipur again that's varied because you have uh, you have groups in the hills who are again in peace talks right who are in cease uh, in a ceasefire agreement with the government but those in the valley are has completely refused to uh, speak to the government and settle with for any political solution with the think, government of india do you think there is so, also yeah, I mean, you, you think maybe we're too politically correct in saying this but you think the fact that the kashmir movement is not just about region it's also a religious movement do you think that plays in because the northeastern movements were not necessarily islamic in nature 
you think that is also one of the reasons that this one has gone on so much more so much longer and with so much more bitterness i think it's also you you also you have to also consider the fact that uh, i mean while uh, there's been of course more recently this you know the route that uh, uh, china is uh, slowly encroaching into our natural right the, the threat of let's say or the claim of uh, Pakistan over Kashmir and Pakistan occupied Kashmir is far greater or seen as more visibly prominent than I what see. China has been doing cool so what is your view you think that plays a role or no or i have uh, i had said earlier also that uh, there were internal reports mm-hmm. claiming that 70% of the kashmiri youth has been radicalized in the past 4 5 years what does that mean uh means that uh, earlier, 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 no, no, earlier earlier we used to have terrorists or the militants you know from outside hmm. they were coming from pakistan or elsewhere but now the local youth have started believing that that the only way to attain freedom is through violence so they are getting radicalized they are becoming more sympathetic uh, with the militants mm. so this was the internal report this was not i'm i'm just quoting our right. own report right okay now after the abrogation of 370 mm-hmm. i think the radicalization is 100% so is complete now so so and and and, and no to say that there. to say that nothing is happening right now doesn't mean that nothing will happen in future i think the situation is simmering i think the plot is thickening mm. and it's going to take uh, a little time uh, i had one exclusive information which i thought i would use i will not name but the i'll make it clear that the senior a very senior female anchor of mm. the of a leading mm. uh, tv uh, mm. channel she had gone to kashmir mm. and she went with 10 to 15 policemen uh, to shrinagar mayor's house hmm. uh, asking him to say that everything is all right so there were 10 to 15 policemen uh, along with her so they all were trying to convince him and he literally cried hmm. and he put his hand on his uh, daughter's head ki boss if i will say anything i'm done uh, i'm done people will i mean the militants will kill me okay. and so he cried and all and after that they left him but uh, but this is how and, and and after that there couple of more uh, you know reporters but this female i'm very very sure of it's a very credible information that's, that's so this is that's rather disgraceful mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's but your take do you think the big difference is that there is islamic elements to this movement in kashmir and the northeast movements didn't have that i mean see i think that would be a simplistic way to look at uh, you know kashmir because it has had like many turns and twists you know this uh, where religion you know uh, what we conveniently sort of divide this into mainstream and separatism number one it's a faulty thing because in kashmir mainstream is separatism right uh, and within the separatism there are many strands many so many many strands and one of the reasons even salahuddin was interviewed by sonia sarkar of telegraph mm. uh, last year or i think 2016 and he he clearly said there is no presence of al qaeda and isis or uh, what is the other one like uh, none of these people have any acceptance there hizbul though it is an islamist islamic outfit it is a kashmiri outfit which is why they have more acceptance there are lashkar people 
there are uh, there are lashkar people yeah, but in the 80s there are 90s jaish people all the afghans who came they were sent back because they were misbehaving with yeah. the locals so that they did you not know, last locals have a huge distrust of uh, non local militants yeah, they are buried they are given all the the, the yeah. martyrdom rituals but and all that they don't last there they yeah. don't trust them so you know a police officer was telling me about how whoever comes in like somebody very little people uh, very little numbers have been coming in right infiltration whoever comes in have to follow hizbul hizbul lashkar uh, jaish jaish is obviously you know more dangerous more lethal you know hizbul is not so much it's homegrown and but they will follow hizbul uh, because uh, kashmiri so that kashmiri you know uh, element i think is stronger then uh, a lot of people want peace not everybody wants uh, you know violence or militancy or war but all of them they sort of seek solace in uh, religion you know i i've seen that and the very i mean aish you know also has reported from downtown like you know like hardcore sort of pro militant uh, you know areas. areas but he very soon uh, realized that they are actually not going to attack you they are not violent people you force them to become violent i mean that's my uh, you mm. know uh, experience as well you know um, what was you know th- this whole post truth thing mm. it's a reality for them they ca- they are not able to one guy died you know the independent of uh, uk put out a story saying you know after one month he's been hit by pellet guns and the x-ray shows pellets lodged everywhere in his skull he dies mm. and the dg munir khan you know kashmiri he says he was hit by a stone so he died you know so these guys are being like denied uh, of this acknowledgement also acknowledgement, that acknowledgement mm. death certificates nothing are being given I mean, this is how they're going to try and tell the story of normalcy to the outside world how long can they keep this uh, you know uh, tamasha going sure you know these anchors can go but how long can they twist the truth right yeah true so make peace um, before you go uh, can you just recommend something for our audience you think that would enrich their lives and you think is good and any closing remarks that you have of what we've discussed yeah i mean i think uh, you know with the nrc exercise uh, sort of i mean we can say that has sort of come to an end right now the thing that we need to be uh, quickly apprising uh, you know ourselves with is what's what's the road ahead so what lies ahead is this this whole even more tumultuous process and uh, possibly even more prejudice or even more bias or replete with uh, various systemic issues uh you know which is the foreigners tribunals and they're like setting up some 200 more of them there are about 100 odd that exists right now so i feel like the focus really should be on that and for that what would be a recommended read would be uh, rohini mohan's investigation that she recently did for uh, vice news uh, i think that's something that uh, i would strongly recommend for everyone to read to see how uh, you know in all of these years because foreigner tribunals have been operating for the last what uh, at least the beginning of the century and um, yeah they have like you know educated several th- hundreds and thousands of cases so here something that i think uh, her story looking at the uh, you know sort of rta responses uh, looking at all the foreign tribunal opinions uh, from at least uh, four i think of fts uh, would give you a sense of you know how the these tribunal members would be educated adjudicating on you know the status of who is a foreigner and based on what i think the the you know the 
NRC process at least was very sort of document heavy in a sense that, you know, if you had the right documents, then, if you, you know, you're, you're essentially in. Uh, and that's actually a problem more uh, with the OIs, with the original inhabitants that Praveen spoke about, which is why you find that uh, people from the, you know, border, from the Muslim-dominated border districts have made it in such droves because they have all the documents in place, even though they did, a lot of them did make it, uh, you know, before 1971. But uh, what you'll find in the foreigner tribunal is that because there is a single person, a, a single, uh, you know, not a judge, but it's a quasi-judicial body, so a tribunal member who would be like, you know, uh, scrutinizing this document and there's a lot more that it's not nearly enough to just have be in possession of these documents and that's what her investigation shows. That, and I mean, right. from my own perusal of se several tribunal orders and cases, uh, we see that People merely having documents is not seen as sufficient to prove their uh, citizenship, to prove their Indian citizenship. Right. Thanks, Make Peace. Uh, hopefully, we shall speak soon again. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. My pleasure. So, as Make Peace leaves, we have our own young reporter, Gaurav Sarkar, joining us. Hi, Gaurav. You've spent a lot of time in the courts these days. Yes, my kneecaps hurt. Why do your kneecaps hurt? Because you have to stand for like nine hours, eight hours. Seven hours. Oh, kneecaps usually hurt if you're kneeling. I mean, I would assume that no, you're, you're standing, like, you're standing your butt like... or your ankle would hurt. No, <laughs> your lower back hurts because there's no place in the court. So you have kneecaps on your lower back? No, See, kneecaps because you're at a weird angle and your like, lower back is against random reporters. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we have two emails from subscribers. This one is from Avijit Sati. Avijit says, Hi, NL team. I've been a long time subscriber and listener and continue to enjoy the drawing room conversation each of Hafta. Fuzil Avijit, thank you so much for your support and subscription. But my producer Karthik tells me he could not find your name in the active subscriber. So I don't think you're active right now. Unless he's lying, in which case, please write to me and I shall take him to task for denying a subscriber the dignity of being called a subscriber. <laughs> but in case it's lapsed, please check because we need the money, man. We, we need payments to make. This mail will be shot in hope that it will be read. The English verb and equivalent of the Hindi word angrayi is too pendicure. Angrayi, right? Angrayi, oh. Oh, Madhu was saying angrayi is too pendiculate. It's a noun form is pendiculation. Arre, Abhijit, yaar, you are English teacher. <laughs> Ah. Ah, she said, she, yeah, she said no English code, there's no English word. Okay, so it's to pendiculate and the noun is pendiculation. Ah, thank you, Abhijit. <laughs> I shall tell Madhu. She's not here. Also, next hafta, Manisha will finally be back after whatever four-week fellowship in Germany. I hope she learned something and has not just wasted four weeks and come back. We'll find out in the next hafta when she will be here. This email comes from a subscriber who had joined us earlier, uh, Kashmiri, who is settled in the US now. She says uh, she didn't want her name to be read out. Dear NL Hafta, the August 5th move by Shah Modi was the most controversial, most debated, most ambitious move till date in the history of Jammu and Kashmir. It will also likely be a big failure. We will wonder how despite or perhaps because of the involvement of so many brilliant people and so much money, it went so terribly wrong. Donald Rumsfeld talked about known knowns, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. But what he should have mentioned but didn't is the fourth category, the unknown knowns. According to Slovenian philosopher Slovio Jezik, unknowns are the things we know or we should know but maintain willful ignorance about because we sh would rather not acknowledge them. 
it has been over a month now we have gone over the story a hundred times and it really is a great story but it's a bit weird that jammu and kashmir acceded to india but pakistan had been brainwashing them for 72 years and causing unrest which eventually resulted in violent uprising and now finally with this swift move we have crushed them and their spirit but there is this place in the story which just doesn't make sense why was the single biggest leader of jammu and kashmir who clearly steered the muslim majority state to accede to india in 47 arrested and jailed in 1953 If we had promised them plebiscite as we stated in the UN charter were we ever really sincere about delivering it would we have gone through on our end if Pakistan had withdrawn the troops why did they turn to violence in 1989 if it was all Pakistan driven violence why does it have such a strong support within the valley why didn't it douse out after 72 years when the Khalistan demand and all these other demands that vanished if there were such crazed jihadis why were they never violent riots with mobs on killing sprees in Kashmir like happened in Jammu in 1947 Uh, I guess what you're referring to is that there was a huge I think some 20,000 or 40,000 Muslims were killed in that riot in Jammu. Jammu was also Muslim majority it became a Muslim minority. If Article 370 was a treaty between two sovereign states when one of them rene- how do you pronounce the word renegs on it places a million troops on the ground and cuts off the population completely does this not become an occupation? If people are truly happy why do we need the clamp down? If they are not happy why do we want to keep them with india so desperately raising all these questions could have been the beginning of a long conversation with serious and thorough ma- examination of what was jamming the gears in this execution but instead the duo just moved on those concerns about the middle of the story that we don't want to investigate are another unknown known something we know deep down is a problem something should that should be addressed but because it is easy to ignore it we pretend we don't know about it sm thank you sm for that email I hear you but yeah I guess politics is a funny business stated objectives and unstated objectives are she's seldom similar right. yeah she's very right oh and it started raining outside so in case you hear tar 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 sound we are not talowing pakodas it's <laughs> tin tin per raindrops keep falling on my tin as if it's to on on the ground another announcement i'd like to make is we have two events this month that news laundry is hosting or co-hosting one is in new york in partnership with observer research foundation and facebook at columbia university in new york i'll be hosting a session on countering violent extremism do come for that we'll also be organizing a small subscribers meet so i can get your feedback and suggestions so do come for that as well and uh, also anupam khair will be in conversation with samir saran who's uh heads ORF and is a partner for this uh, conference so do check it out do come the other is at gurgaon at korum where i will be in conversation with the former finance minister of india ishwan sinha on his new book his autobiography so do come for that you'll need to register for both these so you can see a pinned tweet for the conference in new york and for the one in gurgaon you must have got emails if you want to register do come say hi and uh, have a look at that so um let's move on to our friend gorav who has been covering the chidambaram case in court gorav you were there yesterday as well when he went yes that was at rouse avenue court so you go from supreme court to rouse avenue too is that the only two you shuttle between or you have a third that's my life that's, that's your life, life yeah. so you've made good contacts there chai wala pan wala ha the canteen cook is very, is a very good friend at the supreme court and the food is way better at the supreme court than at i have a third court it's the sajri where i was covering on now is a lot better than at uh than any of the other courts oh i thought you were about to say than here no no i like the food that comes here okay don't sound convincing <laughs> I like, I like the food so much that the only thing I eat out in the office is Maggi. <laughs> oh dear God! All you kids, you'll just ruin your stomachs. But so tell me, um, tell us. We've read your pieces. 
fantastic pieces that come out but tell us something from the court from the scene that you can't communicate in in the pieces okay so i do have one uh, it's a it's a very funny thing that happened in court the other day uh it happened on tuesday so the the matter got deferred on tuesday the custody was extended by one more day uh, but there was a very funny incident that took place when the arguments between kapil sibbal who is the counsel for uh, pichidambaram and solicitor general tushar mehta who was representing the cbi so who does the arguments sibbal or abhishek manu singhvi both are there both are always but, present but who does the talking in most cases it's sibbal hmm. with some comments from abhishek manu singhvi sometimes they both are not there in court also hmm. and then a junior has to make it cuz they're probably shuffling from courtroom to courtroom hmm. sometimes they split it amongst themselves like for example in the sl maxis case hmm. which was being heard in uh, op seni's courtroom on the ground floor abhishek manu singhvi was making the arguments while simultaneously sometimes sibbal is upstairs making arguments in a different case wow okay hmm. but there have been moments where like the one i'm talking about on tuesday where abhishek manu singhvi and p chidambaram both were present in court and solicitor general tushar mehta was there representing the cbi and uh, he was telling the judge that uh, tushar mehta was telling the judge that you know if it was a common man if it was a rickshaw fellow would you have asked so many questions all i'm asking for is one day extension of custody so some very junior lawyer on abhishek manu singhvi's team just piped up from the back and said uh, sir if it was a common man you would have not been in the case in the first place <laughs> so i mean yeah that that was that was funny that day so sir you have covered cbi extensively you have broken one of the biggest cbi stories ever to have been broken what is your take on on this i mean i find the whole use of the word linchpin or kingpin in the circumstances where that judge who now has become what see he's been given some post right hmm. um the high court judge yeah who has he's been recommended who, for elevation if i'm not wrong no 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 he retired he's been given he's the been given uh, some, some one of these post. you know po- some commission or the other the retired hmm. judges are given he's been given that post you know some human right type body uh, he's been given a post which is in my view very inappropriate uh, but well that's how our country is so they even the supreme court the judges said please strike off the word linchpin or kingpin the supreme court also refused uh, and the cbi has also arrested um, dk shiv kumar uh, shiv kumar the, the trouble shooter that's ed correct yeah, sorry so the, who else is cbi arrested they arrested someone else recently right it's just chidambaram chidambaram is i think the others are in the pipeline <laughs> <laughs> but no there no there were three arrests right there was shiv kumar yeah uh, what's his name um yeah. the, the basically mauser bear dvd wala that uh-huh. cbi that's also ed i'm not sure okay now there's just so many people being arrested yeah, but anyway yeah. in this case in in chidambaram's case you think it's complete this case will not lead to anything or you think they can actually pin him to something i think it will not lead to anything there's just so not far. enough evidence no i uh, going by the evidence simple mm. the two kinds of evidences material evidences and circumstantial evidences in this particular case what they are trying to establish that something chidrambaram as finance minister he had approved an fdi which is goes beyond 26% or whatever in inx case and in lieu of that he had asked for some favors okay they had asked some favors so while investigating they further uh you know find out that these guys have got several properties now this is first they will have to find out what was given in lieu of that what was the conspiracy quid pro quo kya hai ha quid pro uske bina to aap kuch kahi nahi kar conspiracy kya hai because uh in all the corruption cases the conspiracy is the main thing you need to establish the conspiracy hmm. between inx uh, chidambaram and his son hmm so first is the money except they haven't got any money hmm. nothing second is the 
conspiracy between the three. Hmm. Okay, the INX they they don't have any concrete evidence that uh, there is uh, any uh, you know this thing. Hmm. So the good in in place of good pro, I think persecution is happening. So what are they trying to do? They are trying to plant stories after stories. कि इसका घर तो लंदन में है, इसका घर इधर है, इसका घर वहाँ पर है. तो they have लेडी Indrani Mukherjee mm. so so now this has given them a prima facie evidence to to at least put them behind bar लेकिन सर एक बात बताओ जब तेलगी जब अब्दुल रहीम तेलगी फॉर दोज ऑफ यू हु वेरी यंग देर वॉज गायल्ड तेलगी हु वॉज अरेस्टेड एंड it kind of it was some 1 lakh crore i had heard for the first time those kind of you know that time there was chorette lottery for 5 crore or something both was the biggest thing for the 67 crore i said what the fuck is a 1 lakh crore ghotala what does that number even mean because it was stamp paper ghotala usne to sabke naam le liye the chagan bujbal se leke i think vilas rao ka naam bhi le liya tha i don't think there was anything in he, anyone he didn't name mm. and under the narco analysis wo aid se mar gaya jail mein But that guy who the deputy chief in Assam, Maharashtra, went in for a while. But that also, I don't think, was in the same case. How come this same rule that is 164 in custody, someone has named all these politicians? It doesn't apply there. How does it apply uh, here? Ah uh, yes, no, no. See, the 164 statement is a credible uh, information. But, but you need to. But you need to see who is giving this 164 statement. But he, she is a murder accused already in the jail. Okay, hmm. so now now the possibility of she getting compromised in such cases is uh, very very high. So 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 in this particular case, in in case of Telugu also, I must tell you, I think I was with Telka when I was trying to work on this story. He had come out of uh, you know he come out uh, scot free in two cases, hmm. and ED had seized his all properties. Yeah. So how he was getting one. One by one, his property is back. So that was the story I was trying to chase. And down how he died. I I think uh-huh. one of the biggest unsolved mysteries of our time is Telgi's death. I don't believe it was a natural causes death. Anyway, what is your view on this whole Chidambaram case? Before we come back and get some more from Gaurav. You know, I just wanted to that somebody whoever got the post retirement, uh, you know, thing. The judge. Right? Mm, the judge. You know, uh, one more case I was reminded of. You know, Nitin. There were raids on Nitin Gadkari just mm-hmm. before he became the BJP mm-hmm. president for the second time, if you remember. And all those raids were done by the man who later became the CVC, mm-hmm. Kavi Chaudhary. You know that. <laughs> and uh, and this was an inside job, like Arun Jaitley. May his soul rest in peace. He mm-hmm. was the one uh, who was behind it. I'm told, according to my sources. So this is like uh, they are very good at this, you know, rewarding. I mean, I'm sure Congress also did a lot of this. Yeah, absolutely. This is a con- but the, the uh, judge you're talking about. His name is Justice Sunil Gaur. Yeah. He is the one who refused anticipatory bail, mm. and he was made chairperson of the Appellate mm. Tribunal for Prevention of Money Laundering Act. Yeah. Also, the, the the whole thing, you know, what you said, sir. I'm I'm sure I didn't know about the details of the case, but it seemed like looking at Chidambaram mm. and before Karthi, you know, their face, you know, it it told the entire. 
that story they were so confident i mean they were not looking worried at all you know mm. they knew this is frivolous and this is like the process is the punishment they want to malign these people number one yeah, and the perception public perception but dekho andar dal diya finance minister is playing on this perception everywhere not just here even in kashmir nia they use nia there i think cbi doesn't have the jurisdiction or they need to get permission to you know so they go after people i've heard of one case where mirwais himself uh, was called and he was shown like the bank statements of all these uh, separatist leaders saying this is shabir shah this is gilani this is yasin malik you know he's saying you know what will i do with it because my accounts are clean <laughs> so i mean just you know they would call That's him me. day in day out for 8 hours 9 hours but everybody thinks and even his own supporters think ki kuch puchha ja raha hai kuch to gadbad hai yeah you know But so you know this perception the law, to, the law will take its own course okay <laughs> and by the time and and, and, and one more news that was on front page today that will also tell the story kanha kumar and others ah. Hmm. Ah. you know there is no case and kanha has been saying this for the past 2 years yeah the, the delhi government is i don't know there were two reports one is that the chief minister still hasn't taken decision whether they will allow because they the delhi government has to agree for prosecution no, i don't quite understand agree. yeah okay that the court had returned the case to delhi police and they had told the delhi police they 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 really lashed out at them that how can you come up with a charge sheet without getting clearance from the delhi government I so, so 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 then delhi then, have, then they took the took back the charge sheet to delhi government so delhi government may not give them and delhi the government has so said ki there is no privacy one more thing i mean chidambaram especially is being targeted i think uh, you might uh, you know have something to say on that uh he apart from rahul gandhi he was the one who pursued the hindutva terror cases yeah. uh, you yeah. know yeah. very seriously yeah. he was the home minister yes. correct and uh, one of the uh, things that galvanized the entire rss ecosystem is the fear that bhagwat and indresh kumar will be behind the bars mm. this is nagpur uh, you know talk i'm not even talking about lutians delhi thing mm. i mean uh, some rss people they openly talk about this mm-hmm. i mean uh, they even say that bhagwat once really made an emotional appeal to the entire cadre saying do you want me to see behind bars mm. and this was all chidambaram's doing mm. so this is payback basically time. a payback time and you know what you're saying the perception battle they're fighting a pers- they don't give a shit about yeah. and they're winning the perception battle now yeah, you see the kind are. of stuff that journalists like today rohit sardana and they've shared uh, the z news ka jo banda hai and deepak chorasia they've shared and liked of an a doctored video i mean it's not doctored it's edited but edited to show something that is not being said by by ravish kumar journalists sharing it i have a friend who sent me this whatsapp we were having a whatsapp debate about this whole you know government and policy and he sends me this video of altaf hussain singing sare jahan se acha hindustan hamara i said you know who he is he says yes he's a pakistani politician see he's also singing sare jahan se acha i said and this guy is a banker with booz allen i am a graduate saint stephens doon school i'm saying do you know who altaf hussain is the muttahadi qaumi movement because i remember that was the first story i worked on when i joined He's a fucking joker. <laughs> But for a man it's enough. Humne saale Pakistan politicians se sare jahan se acha gawa diya. Bas baaki chhod do so ja. These are the kind of forwards that come here. And they're winning that. I mean let's be clear we can keep thinking what we want. Yeah, yeah. People have switched off their brains and all they need is one video of someone from Pakistan saying look how good India is. Yeah. And baaki sab bol do. Yesterday the headline was uh, Imran ki bibi ne bibi Modi ko pasand karti hai. Ha Modi ko pasand karti hai badaiyo. Acha. This is <laughs> cheap. Just just one more thing yeah. I wanted to add. I before I went to Kashmir I was in Nagpur. I met one RSS uh, ideologue. He was talking about this is Nagpur gossip. Like it has a parallel world, no? Where in uh, apparently when Modi met Putin 
he asked you know you've been in power for so long i mean i'm also i've also come back to power you know we're both powerful people but how do you stay on in power you know what is what is the advice you give me apparently putin said you know then you take care of your opponents you know just like you know uh, let them you know get like stuck in cases they'll keep fighting and you erase uh, you know whatever you know the competition there is for you so they are going to this man said the idea is not to uh, attack rahul or sonia or priyanka but attack people around them mm. that they will be scared to sort of support them so mm. you will see you know kamalnath's nephew mm. you know priyanka uh, gandhi's even even when this shivkumar guy na the shivkumar when he was taken in i was surprised that it took 24 hours to rahul gandhi to tweet hmm. Hmm. i yeah. mean dude he's he's the only asset you have left every you have all non performing assets in congress, congress they're full of they're all scared it's the fear uh, i mean that they're trying to so, sort of Gaurav, yeah. so tell Over me about yes. now this chidambaram case hmm. uh, going forward he's he asked for five things one was that he wanted a western style style toilet he wanted medicines he wanted yep. security he wanted a separate cell yes and he wanted spectacles one is bed and he wanted his spectacles yeah but he's been made to sleep on the floor is what i have no confirmation on that whether he's been made to sleep on the but he had asked for a bed and tushar mehta had said at the time that we will take care of his security and whatever demands are there okay so but so, there was one interesting thing that you should tell uh which one so between supreme court and rouse avenue why they withdrew it something that that we have not written okay uh, so that you should so tell. the understanding behind it i can uh, because there was a lot of shuffling between supreme court and rouse avenue yesterday so. okay what's the difference in the two supreme court they are hearing a separate case and rouse avenue is hearing a separate case so no okay so let me just break it down there are two separate cases one is the sl maxis case in which ed has lodged a case against chidambaram for under the pmla act prevention of money laundering yeah. and the other is the inx media case in which cbi and ed both have pressed charges but cbi has arrested him under under corruption charges so one is a case that require uh, that involves a channel that was a peter mukherjee channel Correct. that he allowed it foreign investment for kickbacks and the other is airsel maxis which is the telecom companies yes. where in exchange of kickbacks they were allowed certain things or given certain privileges that other yes. okay. so yeah. these are two separate so these cases. are the two separate cases going on uh, as of now there is uh, the sl maxis case doesn't really hold any water cuz karthi and pc both have been out on interim bail since last year that is what the court granted so them that case is not going anywhere that case was not going anywhere till yesterday hmm. but now it turns out what raman sir was saying cuz both of them are uh, they, they are called predicate offenses they both are connected to each other okay so what happened is first thing in the morning the supreme court uh, granted and anticipatory bail to chidambaram sorry rejected his anticipatory bail plea in the inx media case but for the case filed against him by the ed in the inx media not cbi so the okay. court rejected his bail plea in the connection of inx media by ed and said that no we cannot we are not going to give you anticipatory bail plea right after that the hearing got over and all eyes were on rouse avenue saying that oh now the judge is going to decide ki aaj hum log isko judicial custody mein bhejenge ya isko ed ke custody mein denge hmm. kyunki ed ka bail yahan pe reject ho gaya tha right hmm. but Abhishek Manu Singhvi Kapil Sibal left the room and then they came back in when somebody else's proceedings were going on and they just told the judge that you know we'll be withdrawing our special leave petition that challenges the August 22nd remand order of the high court which actually sent Chidambaram to jail at that hmm. time so that if, because if this interim bail gets rejected then JC is the only option but if interim bail is not rejected if they if they just pull out their plea then, then he can be sent to ed custody so jc is judicial custody for those who don't know when judicial custody you go to tihad when you're police custody or ed custody you stay in some thana which is more comfortable or in cbi's case you stay in a uh, suite uh, in uh, chidambaram's case you stay in a cbi no, suite the at the strategy, headquarters the strategy was very interesting in they wanted that he should not go to tihad 
Chidrambaram should not go to Tihar. Hmm. Okay, that is why they withdrew it from the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court and they came back to Rouse Avenue. Now, there the, uh, the, and the government strategy, as it looks, as, as we can feel it, that once he gets bail from CBI, ED is going to arrest him. Yes. After that. ED is so not... They'll, they'll tabas in the parcel. Yeah. Uh, that is why Chidambaran wanted... Chidambaran said, why you are sending me to... The, I surrender myself to ED. Mm-hmm. So ED can take my yeah. uh, police remand and whatever question they want to ask, ask. So, so, so he can he could avoid uh, judicial, uh, judicial, custody. judicial custody. So now the the thing is they want to uh, humiliate him as much as also, they can. Also judicial custody is this because I long time ago I was in a situation the this question was, was the, this was the formula for terror cases here and in Kashmir you know uh-huh. one case will end and uh, something yeah, else will begin and they are made to keep uh, yeah forever some of these people have been put behind bars forever they are bringing it to the mainstream Naksal. now you know they are mainstreaming this Naksal area also yeah everywhere you but know. I mean I just find it that you know we've discussed this this one has no sympathy because Chidambaram was such a horrible man uh, when he was in power but I just find this complete abandonment of even in the case of Siv Kumar case or now today Shehla Rashid they filed an FIR against for spreading fake news about the army fucking if spreading fake news is an offence to file charges against half the BJP including the PM will be bloody in, mm. in prison yeah <laughs> I seriously and the fact that people are okay with this so Dhi Chodhi should be in the jail he's, <laughs> he's giving one nuclear weapon mein haath do loge all those so that's not fake news that's comedy <laughs> you can't, you can't. No, but the amount of fake news like these guys keep posting Gautam Gambhir, he, I mean, the, most of them in any case are illiterates. Mm. So, but I, I'm, I'm amazed that you know people just shrug and say that's okay, that's that's fine. But if I can now just go on to the state of journalism, and we'll end with that. That, like many of you may have seen, that Ravish Kumar won the Raman Magsosay Award. It is called the Asian Nobel by some people. It's a very prestigious award. The people who won in the past are Kiran Bedi for her work as a police officer. It can be won for basically anything to do with public service. It has been won by P. Sainath. It has been Bijwada Wilson. I think um, uh, that Waterman of India has also won it at some point. Uh, Rajender Singh. It has been won by Arvind Kejriwal. Uh, Aruna Roy. Uh, so for, for you know public service as a journalist, as a police p- person. And uh, when he won it today, he gave this speech about journalism. I, I thought it was... He wasn't... You know, he's such an articulate guy, Ravish. But his speech was in English, so it, which is not his first language. So he wasn't... I was sad to see Ravish fumbling, because he doesn't fumble. He is just so articulate. But I think it was a good move to make it in English, because with the world watching, had he just made his Hindi speech, no one except in India would have known, but we already know. So he said how the media is playing such a destructive role in India. I think he kind of walked the line when he mentioned Kashmir and Pakistan, but fine, I think it's a brave thing to do. Not many would do that outside the country. But the pushback in India by journalists of trashing him online. And also, um, today when Arvind Kejriwal government did not give Delhi police the go-ahead to prosecute. Times now. It's a government's job to protect Mm. its citizens, man. Have we completely gone mad? Please, why don't you start? Like, is there no pretension also that this is what journalism is supposed to do? And what does this say about where is our industry heading? I mean, there was earlier, even if you're a dick, you pretend I'm not a dick. Yeah. Now you say, oh, dude, I'm I'm a horrible dick. How about yeah, that? There is, I mean, there is no mask now. I mean, they're, they're, they're but, very proud to... Yeah, but it doesn't seem to influence numbers or popularity or... Like, for example, if... 
I mean, if 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 you know, sir and I are there in organization. We are heading it. I head the management. He heads the editorial. And if one of our reporters is spreading fake news, and it it has happened in the past, I have personally removed someone because they shared fake news twice on Twitter and said some things which were. I mean, you can have your own opinion, but if you're representing news laundry, you can't be sharing fake news here, yeah, which is clearly hmm. demonstrably fake. Organizations don't have a problem with it. Yeah, no, I think. Uh Journalists usually look up to the management and the senior, uh, you know, editorial people and they think maybe this will make them happy. This has been happening for a long time, but it was not about fake news. But now fake news that will keep the the establishment and the powers that be happy. I think now everything is uh, par for the course now. You know, it's, 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 it's I mean, you know, in Kashmir, in Kashmir, the anger, you know, they don't talk about Modi. They don't talk about the RSS. I've, I've not heard about RSS at all this time. Most earlier trips. You know, in 2016, etc., they would talk about Nagpur. This time, only the media, 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 mm-hmm. media. I mean, it was bec- it is so difficult for Indian uh, journalists to work there. As it is, it was difficult, but now it's difficult mm-hmm. for even Kashmiri journalists. Yes. So it's there is, I mean, nothing left. Uh, also, the the reporting of the NRC everywhere, people have become very partisan now. You know, if you look at, you know, if NRC, uh, like uh, if News Laundry wants to do a content analysis of all the reportage that was done by Assamese on NRC, you will see that uh, all of them, you know, you know, sort of like take a very, very partisan kind of a stand. That's where everything is, you know, and those who, you know, and I, you know, I'm a South Indian by birth. I live in Delhi and I'm married to like, a, you know, anyway, I shouldn't say the state it becomes. I was part of the list that people prepared Saying these journalists are anti-NRC, they are anti-Assamese. Mm. I see. And then this, you know, this I kind of targeting, like this, it's become hmm, the very macro common. view is uh, the media has been corporatized. I mean, and all these reporters and editors, in also they are tools into their hands. Yeah. So, 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 so the one view is taken that ye tukre tukre gang hai aur isko chalna hai is pe bas theek hai that is it what do you say everybody will from top to bottom will take that you're young you know when we were young we were lucky to have people like madhu or you know whatever one may say about all the other journalists that i worked under you knew that they weren't you know pathetic shills you know you knew that there was an integrity in place they would not tolerate you coming and giving shit like you'd get blasted and i'm not talking about the editor in chief even the immediate person I was reporting yeah, yeah. I remember I was reporting to Patsanjay Pogalia for a while who's now with Quint I mean he was a good journalist yeah he was SP Singh you know mm. they were basic people who now I mean imagine if you're reporting to Sudhir Chaudhary and you see his behavior on Twitter as a young 24 year old so tell me as a young 24 year old I just turned you? 29 last week okay chalo you look very young but like how do you see it like tomorrow would you and be honest about it as long as you were going to do your job and I mean, I don't know, without being asked to make too many compromises, would it really impact your life if you were reporting either to a, you know, a Sudhir Chaudhary or an Arunam Goswami or a Raman Kripa or Madhu? Does it really impact anyone's life? Personally, on a me level, I think uh, every young journalist, at least when they start out and then early on into their career, like how I'm there, uh, you make a very conscious choice that this is the organization you want to be associated with because their journalism is credible, because you look up to certain people in the organization and the stance is unbiased. So that is very important for some people. But having said that, just the basic point is that you have to pay for your reporters. Exactly. So as long as you get to do your job and it's not being you know, shoved down your throat. I have, I have fantastic friends who are great reporters who work with uh, organizations who do have a certain leaning, who do mm. like, you know, like Times Now, Republic. 
बट दे गुड पीपल एंड दे जस्ट लाइक यू नो द मनी इज गुड विव बिन योर फॉर अ वाइल अभी जो बॉस बोलेंगे बाइट लाने के लिए फॉर एग्जाम्पल येस्टडे रिपोर्टर फ्रॉम वन ऑफ दीज ऑर्गेनाइजेशन द ओनली क्वेश्चन शी आज कार्ती चिदम्बरम वॉज वॉट यू हैव टू से अबाउट द किंग पिन कॉमेंट because i mean you're digging for that particular school and the whole debate will be the whole that. that that is the visual you no, will show what i'm saying is are they okay doing that i think they're okay doing that i think i think that uh, for them the prime the primary importance is ki hame salary chahiye aur salary acha hai aur kaam to karne ko hi mil raha hai it's not like ki kaam karne ko nahi mil raha hai aur aaj ke zamane mein you have to pick a side that is the usual argument that you either pick a side and then you fight for that side hmm That's quite unfortunate. What is your take on this, yeah? I mean, never supposed to be that. It's very sad. I mean, uh, it's. Uh, uh, it's I haven't a, given it, a deep it, thought until now. It's an existential crisis. There is no doubt about it. I mean, for journalists, uh, what to do? You can't even do? blame the youngsters coming. I mean, they have to get a job somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. But I think, I mean, like I said, you know, journalists. I mean, what I've noticed, like I said, you know, most people sort of like try to guess. Say, for instance, Hindustan Times, Shobhna Bhartia. think of the legal correspondent would he, would he do something or write something against her friends hmm. he, there'd be pre censoring you know it's always been there now it's t- taken to a, like a different level i think uh, it's become you know they'd know right who who the you know the owner or the editor or the boss meets hmm. and fraternizes with etc etc and they sort of tailor you know the stories everything in, according in, to in, in 2001 i think <laughs> i was bureau chief in the sun times at lucknow wrote a very very innocuous report on uh, sugar mills did not n- even name the sugar mill mm-hmm. i was asked to leave mm. are yeah. you serious huh? you know one uh, one girl on the desk uh, you know she was on the desk she was not in a reporter she uh, edited a copy saying arun jetli might lose from amritsar she was fired from hindustan times wow uh, so i mean these things have already been there but now it's only about magnitude hmm. you know i guess like, we just grew up in a more innocent time i mean in all fairness uh, you know even that Bis- britannia biscuit king who died in custody pille rajan pille what was his name uh, you know that he he died in mm-hmm. police custody na that was i i remember i was a news tracker at the time it was huge high profile arrest he was called the biscuit king mm-hmm. we knew he was a friend of madhus and and but we went and reported and she used to say you do you file your report mm-hmm. don't don't let that stop you from doing what you have to do we did 66 seven i knew that madhus friendly with with kapil simple we also got very good uh, editors so i think we, there was Vinod a time Mehta when that was very good i mean that i think was uh, amazing amazing we got hear great things about uh, him but then uh, in even even older times <laughs> you had some editors with which you know you will have problems stories mm. will get spiked mm. but right now the things are different it's not editor who yeah, matters whole, ma, now, now, now the whole corporatized completely the political uh, climate and uh, what they expect of us is yeah, yeah, it's different yes. how yes. far you have yeah. to go yeah. anyway what i'll try to do, i'll wind up on that i want everyone's recommendation but before i get everybody's recommendation can i please ask you to rate our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us from check out our other podcasts we have awful and awesome entertainment rap and reporters without orders do tell others about our podcasts we are at newslaundry.com please subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free we don't take advertisements so we need your support to survive also we have a new newslaundry sena project of who owns your media you can read the details about it on newslaundry.com click on nl sena and do pay so that we can do that story so tell us what are the recommendations let me start from the right tell us what do you think would enrich the lives of our audiences uh, discussing kashmir uh, you know there now the talk about palestine and uh, israel is now very real earlier when they used to tell us about you know 
how india is treating them like palestine you know we would think it's a little over the top but given the bjp's yeah, no, love and admiration for israel and the way the srinagar uh, you know the blockades have been organized uh, i was told apparently the ntro team was there and i was told that it's been outsourced to an israeli army contractor you know uh, so there's a lot of talk about that and one of the police senior police officers recommended mm. this book to me mm. saying you know we've been trying to understand india we've always been with india now we are trying to understand because it's not the same secular india we wanted to be with so he recommended a book called uh, Je- uh, you know war against people by jeff halper he's an israeli anthropologist who's written about uh, mm. the israeli occupation of palestine and, and he talks about like a concept called pacification uh, what israel um, follows in palestine is uh, excluding them you know exclusive you know sort mm-hmm. of pacification wherein you keep people out you block you know you cut off supplies etc in 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 kashmir till now they were trying to uh, pursue uh, inclusive pacification wherein you're trying to sort of include but apparently now that shifting to exclusive uh, pacification so anyway if people are interested in this kind of a thing you know uh, then they could read jeff halpers war against people sounds Israeli. interesting i'll pick it mm. up yeah the second one is uh, you know in the context of uh, nrc suketu mehta's uh, this land is our land he's it's a manifesto for immigration he's saying immigrants have a natural right over the place where they are and i think it's a, it's a i mean because yeah. considering uh, he says reparation should be immigration should yeah, be yeah yeah this is uh, this is uh, this is a brilliant uh, argument to come up with it's especially actually, given the political context yeah it's a great over. argument even yeah. when i read that i was i was like wow it's, i mean it's it's, it's so simple but Hmm. I never thought of it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I've I haven't I've just started on it. The reparations thing has been with the I mean the, the hmm. blacks have been talking about reparations for the longest time. No, but they already immigrants, but, right? It's not like Yeah, no, yeah, no they said, are, but they talk about for slavery and all that. Yeah, yeah, like but Danesi quotes and like people Harvard have been, and stuff have said that in fact there are few universities who give up because they are built on lands. Right, yeah. And have been built by slaves. Hmm, so now hmm, they hmm. have said that we will give the descendants of those because they have the names of slaves who worked on. In fact, I had recommended a podcast about this. They have actually they, they keep the data so well now they have mm-hmm. the names of the slaves yeah, who worked yeah. on that yeah yeah so all the kya uh, kehte hain the descendants of that slave get 100% free uh, in college yeah, and in fact i think harvard is also looking at doing that okay that sounds good i was wondering if suketu also borrowed from this kind of idea but it sounds actually, quite radical maybe it's not original but what i read i read the blurb and that was that basically immigration the right to immigrate can be the reparation yeah yeah and i was like okay that's that's It's clever quite, yeah good so those two your recommendation i'm going to shamelessly plug a, a story that i did because i feel it was severely underreported with all the pichidambaram chaos going on this week it was vivek doval's cross examination at uh, rouse avenue oh and uh, was we he were, also hmm. yeah so it was it was the last leg of his uh, cross examination and i don't think any media outlet reported this although it was a very very big case you know that uh, where he's filed a defamation case against the Caravan reporter Kaushal Shroff. So do head to the News Laundry website and read my piece about Vivek Doval. Okay. This Netflix has come up with uh, with a documentary on uh, diagnosis called okay. Diagnosis. This is uh, NYT uh, documentary, basically picking up uh, you know the patients who have got some diseases which uh, nobody could diagnose hmm. for years, eight nine years. So how they used internet. and uh, you know the other things to reach say for uh, there was a girl in america she found uh, you know the, the diagnosis in uh, by the italian doctor so she flew, went to mm-hmm. italy and it was 9 year old problem which got solved within uh, you know days actually technology is so so, so it's a fascinating uh, you know 
documentary. This is NYT. And second is uh, uh, Ayush has done a reporter's diary on Kashmir. Hmm. So I would like to recommend that. Right. Um, thank you. I would like to recommend, after a long time, I'm recommending a piece from Radio Lab, but I really like this Right to be Forgotten piece. It's a podcast. It talks about basically earlier, let's say you did some screw up and came in the paper that, you know, caught for drunk driving or you got into a scrap or you did something. The paper would be thrown and then if anybody wanted to find out about you, they would have to have already known, then go to library, check out the microfilm, get that paper from 10 years ago. But now if you did something stupid in one drunken brawl or one moment, it's on Google and, you know, you got into some shit. So, I mean, this is not a new debate, this whole right to be forgotten thing. But it's interesting, this podcast makes you look at certain things differently and what do I have the right to know if I'm hiring someone? Do I have a right to know that he's he's been a murderer, but if he's done his time? Uh, of course, if you're accused of any sexual misconduct, then you have to tell because for safety. for So it's an interesting kind of piece which makes you think about how internet has so dramatically changed our lives in such profound ways which we don't even realize. So yeah, that's what I would recommend. On that note, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for coming. Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, thank you all for contributing to News Laundry. Do continue. If you have any feedback to give us, do write into us at contact at newslaundry.com. I repeat, contact at newslaundry.com. In the subject line, please write Hafta and tell us what you think because uh, we'd like to know and learn what we can do better from you. I'll leave you with this song. It's one of my favorites. It uplifts my mood and I hope it does yours too because we all need a little uplifting every now and then. 25 years I'm a still Trying to get up that great big healer of hope For a destination I realized quickly when I knew I should That the world was made up of this brotherhood of man or whatever that means Into a crisis Times when I'm lying in bed Just to get it all out What's in my head And I, I am feeling A little peculiar Into a week in the morning And I step outside And I take a deeper All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs>